Welcome to Marawa Sport Worldwide. Yes, I'm back. Owen Honey is still standing in for Robert Marawa. I said goodbye yesterday, but uh, Beverly, our producer, called me back in making sure that I don't go anywhere. Robert is still not back. And actually, I went on Twitter to see where he is. He was the last tweet I saw from him. He was sitting in a taxi in uh, Cairo and the temperature outside was 39 degrees Celsius. So he's baking away there in uh, Egypt at the moment. For the rest of us, it's fairly cooler down in the southern part of Africa. As we say, welcome to all our Radio 2000 listeners and Metro FM, wherever you're listening, welcome to MSW this evening. Well, we've got plenty to talk about uh, ahead of the uh, massive sporting weekend that awaits us. And uh, if you'd like to get in contact with us later this evening, the number to call and write this down somewhere is 89 or 89 Our WhatsApp voice note line is 60 Well, first up this evening... That's uh, one of those concerning things that we see all too often in South African sport. Undoubtedly, one of the hardest jobs out there being a national team coach uh, comes with immense expectations, pressure and at times very little gratitude. While recently, Axe Women's National Water Polo coach Sherry Harris penned a brutal blog about uh, this week about detailing how she was unfairly dismissed off her coaching post and subsequently waking people up to the uh, gross mismanagement that exists within so many of our sports governing bodies. Well, we're going to be getting hold of her to... uh, Tell us a bit more about how this happened. What happened? She is the she was the women's national water coach, but found out about a week before she was meant to take the team to world championships that she was no longer the coach. Also coming up on the show this evening, we're going to give you an update from the Nigeria camp as they prepare for their semi-final showdown this coming Sunday. And uh, they'll be taking on the mighty Algerians who are looking very strong at this moment. The uh, other semi-final, Senegal, up against Tunisia. And we'll get an update uh, from our Nigeria team media officer over in Egypt. And later tonight, we will be in conversation with Danny Jordan, Dr. Danny Jordan. And he's going to be taking us through uh, everything that's got to do with Bafana Bafana, their performance over in Egypt. What's going to be happening with the coach? And there's so much more to talk about. But let's first turn our attention to our first interview of the evening. It is uh, Siri Harris that joins us on the line uh, on MSW this evening. Good evening, Siri Harris. And thank you for taking time out to talk to us about your unfair dismissal on MSW. Thank you so much, Owen. Well, take us back. You were over in Bruno, the Czech Republic, uh, take, uh, with a women's team uh, preparing for a championship there. And you got a phone call just a few hours before the first game that you were told you were no longer going to be the women's national team coach. Take us through that. Seri, are you there? Looks like we've got a problem with Seri's phone line. I'm going to get our producers to phone her back and hopefully we get her back online. And uh, if you'd like to read more on this uh, whole matter with Coach Seri, the uh, previous national team coach, you can go to her blog. It's coachseri.com where you can read about her axing as the team coach. Seri, back online again. Good yeah, evening. Exactly. Here you are. That's much better. So take us through how you found out that you were going to be axed as the national team coach. Yeah, so I was um, in the Czech Republic and we were about two hours before our first game. Um, and I got a, a phone call to say that it's pretty much a heads up. It wasn't mm. approved. Uh, I got a heads up just to say, you know, the, the powers that be at Sydney South Africa were not happy 
were not happy with me and they had been informed that I could potentially be um, replaced and I would have to wait to see. And so, you know, I, I got off that phone call very unsure of, of what the next step was going to be, but I had to pick myself up um, and be be professional with, with the team and, and make sure they didn't pick up on anything. Uh, and then obviously once I returned home, I was waiting, I was asking questions, am I still the coach, am I not? Uh, and the person that had called me was unsure and said, just carry on as per normal until we hear anything else. And then I actually found out when the team got announced and my name was not there. Swimming South Africa is the uh, the federation that you would have re- reported to. Um, what did you do or not do, according to them, that you were not the t- national team coach anymore? Yeah, so obviously, I mean, I've had I've had no formal correspondence with them since that. I've been asking, but what I've heard uh, is that the message that I had sent to my players after the World Championship selection, which I speak about in my blog, mm. uh, you know, I talk about the turmoil that I kind of went through with with that whole selection process and when I realized that I was going to have no say and that I didn't believe in in the way that things had been run uh, I made a decision to be honest with my with my teammates and I actually sent a message on a on a group to all of the girls that were at that camp Mm. stating that I had no say in the selection that it was extremely unfair that I didn't believe in, in who they had selected and obviously that got back to the powers that be and they were quite upset that I had sent that and I guess that was my demise. Talking about the selectors, you speak about them in your blog and you say that there were some names there that were not selectors before. One particular person was not a selector before. You, They didn't even know who they were selecting or some of the team. How did they get into a position like that in the first place if they don't know <laughs> the team or the players they're about to select? Yeah, I guess that's a million, the million round question. Mm. Uh, you know, there, there are processes in place with this federation where you have to be, you know, selected as a selector uh, in mm. the first place. Uh, and, and I speak about our female selectors that had, had been told they actually couldn't come and select even after they had been named as official selectors. Um, and instead, someone else arrived that most people didn't even know who he was. Um, and uh, I mean, out loud, both him and the other selectors stated quite happily that they didn't really know any of the players there. And when I was trying to fight my case and say, you know, listen, have you guys watched any Intercontinental? Have you, you know, watched any of the footage? You weren't at any of our Nationals games. I was at every game. Am I going to have any say at all in the selection? Mm. Um, they said the only selection I got was the one girl who was sick, who couldn't get in, and they would take my word for her. And I didn't get any say on any other players. Mm. There might be listeners out there that don't know much about water polo in terms of our ranking in the worlds, the women's team, the men's team, where do they rank? How big is the sport here in South Africa? So it's actually the fastest growing sport in in schools in South Africa. It's it's been growing and growing and growing. You know, the, it, it it crosses across it it goes across both English and Afrikaans schools. It, it really taps into the Afrikaans culture. You know the rugby and in the water kind of vibe, and mm. and you know the school. It's such it's such a big sport in our schools. Uh, as far as we go internationally, we we really struggle on the international field, but we have so much talent. I mean, I went overseas to play. So many girls have gone overseas to play. So many coaches in the states want our players mm. because of the raw talent we have, but because of the lack of resources and you know the malpractice of management that we've had for you know over 20 years, it's so difficult for our sport to grow and get better because this kind of stuff is constantly happening, which doesn't allow our athletes to even have a have a say in being good enough on the international presence. 
mismanagement in uh, most of our sporting federations has become a major problem in South Africa. Uh, when looking at water polo and being a coach, firstly, what are the resources at your disposal um, to get teams to go and play in international competitions? And do you have enough money to make sure that this happens? No, so so I mean, obviously for the listeners, they wouldn't know, but I mean, as a national team coach, I'm a volunteer, I don't get paid, and our players have to pay to play. Mm. Um, they have to pay to go to, to camps, they have to pay a cash fee to go to camps, mm. um, and they have to pay their own way to go to tournaments. So even now, at the World Championships, our water polo teams had to pay 6,000 rand each to go, which for some people would be like, oh, it's three weeks, it's not that much money. Mm. But we, they've had to go on, some of those girls have gone on two or three other international tours this year that have been over 20,000 rand each. Oh. So, you you know, to, mm. to be able to play the sport then also becomes not necessarily about the best players either. It can also sometimes become about who can afford it. So why would you want to be the national team coach if it's not paying? Do you love the sport that much? So much. I'm so passionate. Mm. You know, I, I, I've been, I mean, the background of me is that I started when I was 17 years old in the women's national team and, and I played for eight years in our program and then I got so despondent that I went over to Australia and I played with the Australians uh, mm. leading up to the Rio Olympics. And when I decided to, to retire from the game and I, I switched to coaching, uh, I, I, I had such a passion for this country that I had grown up in. And I had seen so many of the friends that I had played with mm. here in South Africa quit because of these problems that had been happening. And maybe it's naive optimism, but I was, I was so desperate to come back and, and so into this country that I was so passionate about and into the sport that I'm so passionate about. And I had so many good tools from being in, in the States for four years and playing collegiate water polo there to playing at the highest level with the Australians. Mm-hmm. I had all of these resources and just at my disposal and I felt it would have been such a waste if I didn't come and try and change a system. Um, but obviously I didn't get very far. I think I mm-hmm. had the shortest tenure <laughs> as coach uh, out of any of the coaches. Siri, we're going to touch on that a bit more. We just have to take an ad break and we'll come back yes. to uh, speak a bit more about what you call the so-called boys' club within uh, Swimming South Africa and in the uh, water polar fraternity. So we'll get a bit more about that right after these. Welcome back to MSW this evening, uh, Friday nights, 12th of July, 2019. Owen Honey standing in for Robert Marawa in conversation with the former women's national water polo coach, uh, Seri Harris, who found out on the 30th of May that she was no longer the head coach of the women's team that was heading over to the World Championships. And uh, really, it, um, she then wrote a blog about her, well, I guess, her unfortunate dismissal, finding out that she was no longer the coach as her name was not on the team sheet any longer. She does this on a voluntary basis and doesn't get paid for being the national team coach. And really, really sad news to read all about this in a blog. And if you want to read about it, it's coachseri.com where you can read about her latest blog and how she got sacked. Uh, Siri, thank you so much uh, for joining us once again. Um, let's just take us through. So once you found out that you're no longer the women's national team coach of the uh, uh, water polo team, you then found out that they were sending, the federation was sending an all-male coaching complement with the, the women over to the world championships. But in this team, there's two minors and four school girls. How is a male complement going to be looking after these young young women? Well, I mean, Siri, you still there? Hello, Siri. 
Looks like Seri's phone is uh, packed up once again. So we'll try and get it back on the line again. Uh, Seri Harris, the former national women's uh, water polo coach, who was unfortunately uh, taken off as the national team coach just days ahead of the World Championships. And uh, we're in conversation with her just to chat about this and find out how everything goes down thereafter and the malpractice that exists within uh, Swimming South Africa, as she reported to. And uh, we've, we've dealt a bit about what she does with the uh, team or what she was doing with the team. She joined them on a voluntary basis as the national coach. And also we found out that the uh, players within the team had to pay their own way to make their way into the coaching camps and also to go over a seas to represent our national teams. Siri, back on the line. Good evening. Hi, can you hear me? That's much better. So we were just <laughs> touching on uh, the uh, national selectors then choosing an all-male complement to uh, take these uh, the team overseas. Uh, and within this team, there's two minors and uh, four schoolgirls. So how is this possible? How is an all-male complement of coaches going to be looking after such young women? Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the, the biggest issue, actually. You know, I keep telling everyone that my platform and speaking about my dismissal isn't isn't the biggest issue that's happened I happened here and I think this is one of the points that's the most sad uh, in a in an all female team I, I, you know you like to think that in in 2019 we've kind of moved away from that and not only is it is it a team of women but you've also like you said there's there's two minors and ac- across that four schoolgirls that mm-hmm. are in this team and um, for those that don't understand how how it quite works at world championships after every game certain players get randomly selected to do drug testing and as soon as you get selected you have someone that follows you around Mm. to go and get changed someone that makes you go to the bathroom and then they stand in the bathroom with you while you have to do your drug testing Mm. and you have to have a manager present with you Uh, and if you look at any of the other women's national teams across the world Mm. every single manager that's doing that job is is female uh, because you know there are a lot of things that can happen there and a lot of things that can go wrong um, where, you know, as a young girl, 16, 17, 18 years old, you don't feel comfortable speaking to a man about that. Mm. Um, you know, ultimately, what happens if you also fall and slip in the shower and you need your manager to run in and help I and mean, you can't have a male going into a young female's mm. rooms? And that's just the beginning part of it, you know, playing in these international tournaments against these these teams for a young female team, you kind of want a female presence around, um, mm. not only to protect the, the coaching staff that are all male, but, but also to have someone that you can go and speak to. But, I mean, it's, it's just showing that women are constantly being pushed out of our sport. And, mm. I mean, I was the first female ever that's been the women's national team coach. Um, so how did you cope now, growing up, I mean, having male coaches around? It's been very difficult, and, and you know I wouldn't call myself a feminist by any means, mm. but I I've never had to deal with such a tough experience as I have in these last eight months with having to constantly be looked down on just because of my gender and mm. having to fight so much harder than what I feel see my male counterparts having to do, all because I'm a woman. And you know I'm a huge Serena Williams fan, and mm. she just released an amazing article in Harper's Bazaar where she speaks about, you know, if, if a woman yells and screams and, and speaks up for what's right, she's told that she's irrational and emotional, mm. whereas a man can do the same thing. And he said that he's just speaking his feelings and having his voice heard. And I definitely resonate with that um, in, in this culture that we have here with this boys club that I speak about in my article. Mm. Have you taken this any further? I'm sure you've taken it up with uh, SSA or Swimming South Africa, uh, but are you going to take any further recourse? 
Well, you know, I, I mean, I, I waited. I, I didn't want to act out of emotion, and I, I waited. I waited over five weeks for a response from something South Africa, um, you know, on emails that I had sent, emails my affiliation had sent, emails, you know, parents had sent, mm. uh, and and it got to the point where no one was responding. Uh, you know, I haven't, I I heard today on a on an ENCA interview that I had done that the head of something South Africa said that I was having a disciplinary hearing. Um, you know, that was the first I'd heard from that about that. Um, I, you know, I got I got warned that I might get asked for a disciplinary hearing, but mm. I'm still I, I haven't heard from anyone. No one's making any comments. Um, I mean, this is the standard fashion. If you speak out, you know, you just get met with silence until everyone forgets about it and it goes away. Uh, and and that has been the case for the last 16 years that I've been involved in the sport in this country. Mm. It is a huge problem, and I think many a federation has also have to had to deal with this. And you know, I hope that you are able to get to the end of this all and and get something done that uh, addresses not only your needs but the needs of the young woman that's involved in this national team. Um, I don't know what else I could say. I mean, I'm sure you're just looking for a fair and transparent system. Yeah, and you know, and it's not about me, and that's what I'm trying to make present. I mean, in my article, I also make mention that two of our most senior players um, have have withdrawn from this world championship side because of everything that's happened. And mm. and you know, they, I mean, Kelsey White was has been this would have been her fifth world championship, and Rebecca Thomas is regarded as one of the best goalkeepers in the world. And they've both withdrawn because of everything that they've been going through. And this was kind of the the cherry on top for them. And you know, you've got two athletes that are, that want to be at the pinnacle of their sport and go and represent their country at the highest level who mm. who deserve to be there that have withdrawn to make a stand for what's right. Mm. And for me, you know, the players are the ones in our country that are constantly being forgotten. You know, we we have unfair selection, but then they go to World Cups and World Championships and they do poorly and it's the players that are getting bashed. Mm. You, mm. Know, uh, you know, you're seeing it now in the Cricket World Cup. You know, luckily there is this talk of, of the, the malmanagement of these federations, but the players are holding the weight of, of the country on their shoulders when they actually have no say in who gets selected. They have no say in how it works. And mm. I feel like our players need to get a stronger voice. And the only way that they can do this is if more people stand up and, and we, we together make a stand. But even mm. then, is is anything going to happen? I mean, that's the, the sad reality is, is we can stand up and we can try and, and make our say. But are we going to get anywhere is the question. Would you or... I guess, would you really like to take up this post once again if it was offered to you as the women's uh, national water polo coach? Oh, it's a tough question. I think a lot would have to change um, in order for that to happen. Uh, there would have to almost be a, a whole turnover of, of staff at, at, at the Swimming Federation and, mm. and, and even at, at Sascock. Uh, you know, that's where our problems resonate from. Mm. And and in order for strong, powerful women especially, um, we have to have a different a different type of body that's yeah. running it and would i would i like to be back involved and and build on on what i'm so passionate mm-hmm. about absolutely but it, it won't take a an apology which i doubt i would get anyway but you know it, it would take a, a lot more to to be able to get me to come back and, and say okay I, I believe i could run this the way i think i should Sari Harris, uh, we thank you for your time and let's hope that this gets back to our new sports minister, Natim Tetwa, and that it gets dealt with properly. And uh, this also doesn't only affect you, but future, future generation stars that would like to participate in the women's national water polo team. And I guess in all uh, swimming uh, disciplines that are out there in Swimming South Africa. Thank you so much.
That is Sari Harris, who was axed as the uh, National Women's Water Polo Coach just a few days ahead of the World Championships, uh, just highlighting the mismanagement that exists within uh, the sporting code of swimming and so many other federations throughout the country. And let's hope that we get to the bottom of it all and that she's able to uh, give us an update on uh, what uh, transpires from this whole case.